Welcome to episode number 29 of the Librarian's Guide to Teaching podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Amanda. And on today's episode, we are talking to Lee and Lauren about their hashtag LIS Pro Chat that they run on Twitter and how they got it started. But before we get started with our conversation with them, how are you doing? Anything going on this week? Yeah, so I have a follow-up to um, something that I talked about in a previous episode, which is my institution is exploring the idea of IL standalone courses. Um, and you know, as I said, I, I had mixed feelings about it, and it really wasn't sitting well with me. Um, I know for some librarians that's the dream, uh, but for me, not so much. And you know, as the director of you know research, research and instructional services at my institution. I just feel, I felt like I had to say something. And it was, you know, a scary email to send, um, basically saying that I disagree, but I did provide an alternative. I provided, of course, like the good librarian that I am, I provided my research and I cited my sources and I provided an alternative. So I didn't just complain and say, you know, boo-hoo, I don't like this idea. I provided something else that I think is a little bit more doable. Um, so my recommendation was to develop, you know, learning communities or, um, that are foundational, um, that pair with foundational courses. So like a principles of marketing or principles of management. Um, so it was, it was a tough email to send. I think, you know, I, I hesitated. I probably waited like two or three days to send that email, but I really felt like I had to advocate for myself and I, I needed to say something, you know, sometimes, you know, I feel like, I, you know, I need to pick my battles, I guess. And I just felt like this was one that I had to um, pick. And, you know, I, I didn't win, but at least I know that, you know, I was true to myself and my, um, my profession. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes that's how the best conversations happen is like somebody puts out there an alternative idea or, you know, just brings up some, um, like you did some um, studies or, alternatives and then that gets the conversation going I mean unfortunately like you said there was no conversation but at least you made an attempt and that's the best you can do it's not like it would have been worse if you know you didn't say anything and then halfway through designing it someone someone else was like hey what about this and <laughs> and then you guys did all that work for no reason so it's better that you you got it out there now yeah lived and learned yep what's going on with you so I know I feel like I've been talking about like election participation a lot in recent episodes, but I'm really enjoying being civically engaged, <laughs> like learning all this stuff. So this week I tried phone banking, um, which I didn't think I was going to do because, you know, so far I've done postcard writing, which was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, I'll just write some postcards. How hard is that? And then like three days later, I'm like, I don't want to write these anymore. Um, uh -huh. And I didn't think I was going to be good at phone banking. I thought I would be terrible, but I was like, you know what? I don't know what's involved in this. So let me just try it. And it was actually kind of cool. Like there's this digital program that, that you use to connect to your phone. And there's like metrics that you pick about each person that you talk to on the phone. Like, did you get the person that you were supposed to like, um, were they mean or were they supporters of who you were, who you were banking for? And, um, so it was, it was good. I mean, I mostly got hangups, I think. And I got two people that wouldn't let me off the phone because they just wanted to talk about the candidates. And I had one guy who was like, my sole purpose this election is to not get this person elected. And I was like, all right, well, you have a good evening. <laughs> wow. So it was kind of interesting. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And at least I feel like I can say, you know, next time an election comes around, 
I know exactly what I want to do and don't want to do. So it was fun. I would encourage people, you know, if you're really passionate about a candidate, you know, or if you want to just try getting involved, it was also a good way to like meet people in my community because we all joined on a Zoom meeting and were able to um, kind of listen to each other, do the calls and then like lower our volume and do it ourselves. So it was kind of cool. It was nice. Oh, that, that's really cool. That's really cool. You know, I, I do want to get involved in my community. Um, I don't think I'm at that level just yet, but you know, maybe, maybe in four years from now, I might be, who knows? I'll be a little bit older and a little bit wiser. Or two, there'll be a midterm in two years. So, and that's a good one. That's a smaller one, you know, like, is that governor? See, I'm already still like learning things, but, (laughs) but I think that's like governors and senators. Oh no, senators are this time. So it might be governor next time. Oh, okay. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Cool one. Okay, so before we get started with our interview, a little bit about our guests. Um, Lee McGillan is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She is currently a librarian at McGee Rehabilitation Hospital, a team lead at a workers' compensation company, and the president of the Special Libraries Association, Philadelphia Community. Lee is the founder of hashtag LIS Pro Chat Twitter Chat, providing a safe space for info pros to network for the last five years. She also has a side business and a podcast with her husband called 8 Bit Fusion, where she makes pop culture art and chats on the podcast about Saturday morning cartoons. Lauren is a copyright specialist in, interested in open education and scholarly communication. In addition to hosting LIS Pro Chat, her day job is as the Copyright and Reserves Supervisor at Wilfred Laurier University. She also currently, she's also currently working on her MLIS part-time online through the University of Alberta. Okay, thanks Lee and Lauren for joining us. Uh, let's get started with our conversation. Can you talk a little bit about how you got started with facilitating these Twitter chats? Sure. So the Twitter chat was actually uh, originally called I and ALJ chat that was uh, I need a library job. Uh, Naomi House, who's the founder of I need a library job, started these chats with her volunteers through through her website. Uh, after a year or so, she decided to hand the Twitter chats over to Lauren and I because we were like the most engaged on the Twitter chats. And she said, go ahead and rebrand this. So Lauren and I discussed a few possibilities for a, na- for a new name. I think we had about like five different possibilities. And after a bunch of conversations, we went with LAS Pro Chat as this captured the true theme of our chats. Uh, we have became a safe space for librarians and info pros in all disciplines and any point of their careers, including students and mid-career, to come and chat with us on a variety of topics. Great. All I would add to that would be that we, we, I, we figured it out once and we started doing this in like 2014. We couldn't even remember that far back. It was like 2014. Yeah, I couldn't remember what the year was, but yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's, it's been six years. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a long time to sustain something. That's that's definitely an accomplishment for sure. And it was yeah. already a chat beforehand, which is great too. It's like you took over and even continued something that already existed. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so what do you think has been your most successful chat to date? I, I thought about that question a lot. Uh, it, I didn't even really know how to answer it right away. I, I don't know about Lee, but my take on it 
was, oh God, I have no idea. (laughs) Like I said, we've been doing this for six years. So there's been so many chats over the years that it's just really hard to remember all of them, let alone figure out which one was the most successful. And then I, I think we can define success a couple of different ways. Right. And I, I don't, I, I definitely don't know which one was our most well attended, but I mean, out of this year's chats, uh, the, the, the ones that have been most well attended were probably the series we did on COVID. Mm. Right. A whole series yeah. of chats dealing with aspects of the, the pandemic and libraries. And those were really well attended. Um, the other, the other way to look at success is how, how much engagement there is with a given chat and like I said, we don't have the highest numbers, but over the years we've had some very deep chats on like really controversial issues or polarizing issues rather. Uh, one thing we like to talk about is uh, online MLIS programs versus face-to-face MLIS programs because there mm. is such a debate around that. Right. <laughs> but uh, this year's this year's most engaged chat was probably the one we did on vocational awe. And I, Lee, I can't remember the name of the guest chatter. What was her name? That was uh, Sarah, Sarah Braun. She's actually, uh, I'm in Special Libraries Association um, and she's the communications chair of the DC chapter. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I do uh, agree with Lauren that our chats in the spring about dealing with COVID were the most successful. I think many were working from home at the time, including myself, and this for the first time ever, and had so much time on their hands, they didn't even know what to do, to do with their time and decided to start coming to our chats. And it's just like the one big challenge we've been having, like with our chats is picking a day time that fits everyone's schedule. Uh, mm. Perfect. That's where we've been really struggling. But being able to engage in interesting topics, that really helps. Uh, for me, the chat topic we keep bringing back because it's the most successful is our conference chats. Uh, we always hold these chats right after the big conferences like ALA and SLA, and we always get a big turnout. We discuss like the best parts of the conferences, what we would like to see improve, uh, who the best person we met was, and more. I think um, our next conference chat that we're actually going to have on Monday, starting Monday on November 2nd at 8.30, uh, we're going to have it. It's going to have a very interesting take because many are going to be attending virtual conferences first time. SLA just happened over the last two weeks. Um, it was a big uh, virtual conference. So I think a lot will have to add to that conversation about SLA and even more uh, virtual conferences. So I'm really excited I'm about that. Doing the um, association, I get the, I get what the acronym stands for wrong. The uh, Association of Libraries of Ohio, or no, Academic Library Association of Ohio. I'm doing that conference this week. Oh, cool. Um, virtually. So, I mean, not I, that I'm in Ohio, but it's virtual, so everybody can participate. So, nice. yeah, that would be I, great I, timing I'm for Monday. Off, I'm just coming off the uh, Creative Commons Global Summit that was last, last week, two weeks ago, last week. And then mm. next week, I've got Open Ed 2020, which I'm presenting at. And then the week after that is OE Global, which I'm presenting at. <laughs> wow. Uh, you have so, I'm, I'm super excited to hear about your conferences, Laura, because you'll have, you'll have, you have so much going on and you'll definitely add to the conversation. I also have two major assignments due. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. More power to you. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. I, I think that's such a great idea to continue the conversation um, after a conference is over because, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Sometimes conferences can be so overwhelming and there's things that you miss and, uh, being able to kind of like just, you know, decompress and talk about all those things um, with other people is, I think it's a really great way to extend the learning experience. Yeah. I agree. And, yeah. Go ahead, Lauren. I was going to say, uh, 
it's also great for those of us who are like me who don't when they were in person at least don't really get to attend conferences like i was living vicariously through everyone who got to go <laughs> yes same boat for me lauren like a lot of the, i couldn't attend a lot of the conferences because my work schedule and also funding but now with the virtual conferences i can attend all the time and also it, the format was just so flexible like you could attend any time of day you could listen to the recording i didn't have to worry about sessions overlapping with each, with each other i wasn't i didn't feel overwhelmed which or like i usually get sleepy with in-person conferences and having to sit through so many sessions but like being <laughs> virtual it was it was just it was just a nice break from an actual conference yeah yeah so um what do you hope people can take away from participating in your twitter chats so lai's pro chat it's a great place to meet other librarians and info pros in the field and make connections in their career i hope those participating in these chats can learn something new from other librarians and info pros and possibly make connections that will help in their current or possible or possibly a new career have you guys had like connections that you've specifically made with certain people that you've that you've like met through Twitter chat because I was thinking about that like I I feel like through the chats that I've done with you guys I have followed other people but I've never actually built a relationship with them yet have you guys gotten to do that as the hosts of the chat I mean with Lee yeah definitely okay. <laughs> <Right>. although <laughs> this is actually our first time talking out loud together yeah oh we, we we <laughs> constantly message other each other about the chats and also about uh we play we play Pokemon Go and we're just constantly we're we're, we're great friends like we yeah, have a, but we have we've never time. actually spoken <laughs> yeah oh, wow that's interesting yeah <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the beauty of online friendships right like you can go for years yeah. and then all of a sudden you hear their voice you're like that's not the voice I had in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Right. And, oh, and for me, um, I've made a couple connections to the chats. Um, I, a couple SLA and ALA and, uh, yeah, mostly SLA members have joined the chats even before I met them at the SLA conferences. So then I'll be like, Hey, I'm having a LAS pro chat meetup. Let's meet up and met, met some really great people. So nice. I, I've yeah, made some really good connections. That's great. Do you find that uh, people are return uh, participators? Yes, um, yes, for sure. We have some regulars who come all the time. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot. Of, we have quite a few regulars. I know um, Amon. Uh, she's in the uh, Special Libraries Association uh, Philadelphia chapter, and she literally comes every single week. Yeah, she's a huge supporter. Yes, she is. <laughs> Amon is great. <laughs> Yes, I mean, speaking of like trying to find the best time for everybody, Amanda and I always talk about it because we always want to do it, but like eight o'clock is bedtime for our kids. So it's like <laughs> as soon as I, I'm sitting down, I've got my phone, I'm ready to go. And then it's, mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have that? And it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right you really need to like sit and focus on these. You can't just like be typing random things. You really want to focus, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is something that um, it's not, you can't do while you're doing 14 other things. No, I, I, I totally feel you that um, Stephanie, uh, she's also another SLA. Uh, she's SLA up Pittsburgh Special Libraries Association. Um, she has a, ch a small child as well. So like every week she'll tell me, just send me a, send me a message and let me know when they start. So, and I'll let you know where I'm at with uh, my kid. Cause you right. really put in all the kids to bed at the time, which I get. And then every now and again, during the middle of a chat, she goes, I gotta go deal with the kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. but, uh, I think I think that's 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 what makes it interesting is that I mean neither Lee nor I have kids, so you know. 
tends to be what ends up working best for us, which doesn't always work best for everyone else, but it's like, it's finding that balance. And you'll like, never get everybody. So no, yeah, never. Yeah. Just getting the majority and, works. <laughs> yeah. We, we've tried to come up with other ways to engage people other than just the chat. Like we tried that book club for a while. That failed miserably. <laughs> yeah. Epic fail. Yeah. No, I guess the people are just so busy and don't have time to sit down and read and then come and talk. I mean, we had, a really good first chat. Um, I think it was out behind the desk was the book Lauren, I believe. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a really good chat just because like everybody likes to talk about uh the, those types of issues. Um, but like when when we tried um any other um chats, it just wasn't it. I mean, my special libraries association is actually starting a, a book club too, so I'm interested to see how it goes. Like I'm trying to find time to read the book, so I totally get why it didn't work. But right. Yeah. I mean, we've thought about other ways to engage people on the blog too, but I mean, you know, again, we both have crazy lives. So just because of the case of what's the return on investment here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, what are some tips you have to share with people who have never participated in a Twitter chat, but are interested? My, my biggest tip is to lurk, like, like what you guys do. You can't always jump in, but you know, watch it for a while. See, see the rhythm, see the flow. And, you know, just pop in and out. We, you know, we're, we're not, we're not horrible slave drivers. We don't expect you to just have full blown engagement with every chat. If you're like, even when sometimes Lee is hosting and I'm like, uh, this isn't really a topic I know much about. You'll see me kind of quiet for like half the chat. Cause I'm like, I have literally nothing to put out there for this topic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have a follow up question. Um, how do you guys decide what topics you're going to, um, you know, cover? Good question. So a lot of times it'll be like some, like a current LAS or InfoPro topic, um, something that we've been currently working on, or if we find like an article of interest that out there, whether it's on Twitter or in any of our library and Facebook groups, we'll try to like base a chat around an article. But lately it's been like, there's been a lot of COVID related uh, chats just because that's what's going on right now. Um, last week we did open access week because that, that was a whole week. And then, as I said, like we have a lot of virtual conferences coming up. So that's why uh, we pick to do chats about that. And also we always ask for feedback. Like if someone's interested in doing a topic, we're open to it. We also have, uh, we have chances to have guest, guest chatters all the time. So that kind of helps like pick the topics. So if somebody's interested in being our guest, they'll pick the topic for us. So that, that really, really helps get a variety of topics. And if there's a topic that is um, popular and en engages a lot of people, we might we might do it again. Um, um, a lot of times we might do something like a, like a leadership topic or like just like my like I'm trying to pick another like mindfulness was a really good one. Um, We've done mindfulness like three or four times actually. I was scrolling back to oh, wow. remind myself what we've done. And I saw like, <laughs> three different mindfulnesses, a couple different leaderships like. There are there are topics we revisit because they still remain relevant. Like we've done a couple on online learning versus face to face. We've done a couple on resumes. We've done a couple on applying to grad school. It's just because those things like you get it because it's Twitter. You get a different group and a different conversation each time you do it. And those are big topics. I mean, you could ask different questions every time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And we totally do. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, what are some tips? Um, you might have for people who want to maybe start their own Twitter chats? Sure. So how I would suggest someone start their own Twitter chat is either create a hashtag that will be catchy. Um, be sure to promote all the chats far in advance and schedule tweets in advance. And we, uh, we've been using a blog post to engage other people. So every time that we post a blog post, we'll list like all 
the questions on the chat. And I feel like that just helps engage others in the topics that we are going to have. Um, we're all busy and many like to add virtual events to a schedule a calendar in advance. So that's why we like to promote the chats mm -hmm. far in advance. And then the other thing I would like to uh, suggest is encourage other users to be sure to use the hashtag when participating in the chat so the tweets don't get missed and provide, uh, and provide instructions on how to participate in a chat beforehand. I know, I know a lot of times when people attend for the first time, they'll respond uh, to LES Pro Chats like tweets, but they won't actually use the hashtag. Um, so it's a lot of times, like, especially if it's a big chat, I, we end up missing a lot of tweets. So we just want to just reiterate, just make sure that you're using the hashtag when you're attending a Twitter chat. And on that note, actually, one thing we, we had notes, but one thing we didn't know was a suggestion to use TweetDeck. Because if you're trying to run a Twitter chat with just Twitter, mm -hmm. you're going to miss so much. Oh, yes, yes. TweetDeck yeah. tweet or like Hootsuite is great for us. It's good for like managing the tweets and also when in advance, like I schedule like a week or two in advance and I just blast a whole bunch of tweets and just make sure I just like every other day. Make, this is when our chat is. Here's some interesting articles that about our chat, um, just to get the word out. But TweetDeck is great. I'm glad you mentioned too, like posting the questions in advance, because that was something Amanda like just mentioned in a previous episode when we were talking about Twitter chats. And I was like, how did I never think to prep using the question? Like, I know they're there, but I never thought to prep so that I would be more ready to tweet. Like, and if I do get a mommy, mommy, at least I know what I'm gonna say because I read the questions already. So I think that was actually why we started doing it was because somebody suggested that they were like, I would love to be able to prep in advance. And we were like, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, totally. So <laughs> uh, great. Okay. Sorry. I got a little distracted there. So, um, mm -hmm. so we all know that librarians love their Twitter, but if you had to make some future predictions, do you see social media things like Twitter still being the, the medium of choice for librarians or do you think there might be something else? Well, it's interesting. I'm not going to lie. I, I run a Twitter chat, but beyond that, I don't really understand Twitter <laughs> enough to use it well at all. So I, I know that library Twitter is popular, but I have absolutely no idea how to engage with it. So, you know, if anyone ever has tips or wants to walk me through that, I am willing to be walked through it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do see most of my professional engagement with librarians taking place on things like Twitter, Facebook, and Slack though. So I, I can't see social media and instant messaging platforms ever not being a major player in that arena. But I mean, I also don't know what's going to come next. Like, I mean, we're all using Zoom now. So I, I assume people will do more video conferencing with each other, but I don't know. Yeah. And then for me, um, most of my professional engagement as a librarian has been on Twitter and LinkedIn. I feel that Twitter is so helpful in sharing information, networking with other librarians and info pros and connecting librarians with each other. I think now with everything being virtual, social media is very helpful in keeping everyone connected. Uh, with many meetings, webinars throughout the day, I'm on Zoom constantly, um, and I'm, I'm a lot of time. I'm a team. I'm a team lead for my uh, full-time job, so a lot of times, I video is required. So I think, like, I'm always on video. So I really think that Twitter is a nice break from the in-person technology because for a lot of people, uh, Zoom and video uh, technology is very overwhelming, and I think twi uh, Twitter is just a very nice break. Zoom fatigue is real. Yes, right. it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I do find sometimes, I think that's what I like about Twitter chats is that you have that hashtag to like organize yourself because overall I've, I haven't done a lot on Twitter because I find it so overwhelming. Like even if I make lists of like librarians, news, whatever, even if I go to that list, I still find it so overwhelming. And like, you know, someone's talking about tea and someone's (laughs) talking about like vocational awe. And it's like, can I just filter out to the like serious stuff? And that's nothing against people who want to tweet about, you know, tea. I mean, I tweet about cats sometimes, whatever. Um, (laughs) I find it so hard to, to filter through it that I feel like Twitter chats are like the only way that I actually like professionally engage with it in a positive way. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. I, I think I like the, the ability to, to do tagging because it does allow you to filter um, in a way that, you know, some other mediums don't. So I think the, the tags always, always help. Um, and, you know, we use it all the time when we're, you know, promoting our episodes. And I find that we get new users that way when we're using different hashtags um, that really helps us out. But just to go to your point about like the mixture of things that you've you have that you follow. I, I don't know. I kind of like that seeing like my news with my funny cat meme <laughs> pictures and, you know, library serious stuff. I don't know. I like the variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if everything that's going on in the world right now between the election and the pandemic, I need cats to break everything up. So yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Honestly, I can't even imagine how exhausted you all are with the election stuff. Like, I'm in Canada and just the stuff we hear about your election is exhausting. So I can only imagine how all three of you are. Like it's so it's awesome. But hey, I voted today. So yay. <laughs> my husband waited an hour in the rain and did it today. Oh, oh my god. god. Wow. I did I did not have to wait. I was so happy because yes, it's raining. It will it will not stop raining. Yeah, but that was his plan was because I waited two hours yesterday and he was like, well, if it's raining, nobody will be there. It'll cut my time down. And it did. Yeah, yeah, that that was my plan too. (laughs) And both of us read books the whole time we were there too, because we were like, oh, this is our only time to read. And the guy in front of me had brought a lawn chair and he's like, do you want to sit? That was a good idea to bring a book. I said, I have a toddler. I never get to read. I am happy to stand and read for as long as (laughs) you need to stand here. (laughs) Uh, I've, heard, awesome. I've heard some people are standing in line like seven hours Ooh, i feel like i read one article where someone was in line for like two days oh my god that's awful and i'm like that's how so is that even legal wow <laughs> that's a whole yeah. other conversation right yeah <laughs> i won't go there yeah <laughs> all right jessica you want to wrap it up to bring us home yeah well do you guys have anything else you wanted to add i don't have anything else cool. okay like, like we said, we're always open to feedback and we're always open to guest chatters. So people can reach out if they want to get involved. Yeah, this message, you can direct message us on LS Pro Chat. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. We had a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. This was great. Thanks again. Okay, so this is the part in the show where we share a recommendation, a triumph, or a fail. So what do you have for us this week, Jessica? So I also have a follow-up from last episode. Um, So I mentioned that I was planning to do um, an English class with um, breakout sessions and a Padlet, and I was doing both of those for the first time. And it went really well. I had two classes, um, one the day after we recorded and then one the day after that, and they both went well. I was concerned about the technology of the breakout rooms, even though I'd kind of practiced it, but it worked out really well. I was able to pop in and out of each room and talk to the groups of students as they worked. Um, And the Padlet worked out well too. I was a little worried about 
um, having the students do the work on the fly and then trying to have this like big conversation about um, the, all the articles that they had evaluated and analyzed. Uh, but it worked out well. And it, it, one tip I took from you from a long time ago was in the breakout rooms, giving them each roles. And I mean, they self-assign their roles, obviously, but, you know, being able to say, okay, group one, who's presenting? And they knew who was presenting and they got right to it. And I guess I was worried that I wasn't going to give them enough um, structure to be organized, but it actually worked out really well. So um, now I have a new go-to lesson for evaluating sources. And I feel like that'll be, it makes me feel better about <laughs> Zoom sessions in the future. What about you? Well, first of all, kudos. I'm so glad that that worked out. That sounds so exciting. You know, I, I'm kind of, I was excited um, that, you know, professors were going to be a little more flexible with doing like synchronous, but none of the professors that I'm working with are taking me up on it. So I haven't had a chance to do live Zoom um, in that, in that capacity. So I'm kind of jealous. I'm excited that it's working <laughs> out though. Cause like, I think it's always my dream. Like I've always wanted to do like a combination of synchronous and asynchronous, um, you know, support. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe next semester faculty yeah. is a little more comfortable. So you never know. Right. So I broke my fail streak. Yeah. Yay. I actually have a triumph to, to share. Um, at the last episode, I talked about not asking a question about the conference that I'm planning, um, semi-live uh, type session. And I have a triumph because I advocated for my membership and um, I asked follow-up questions and I talked about, you know, I asked the people, the right people at least, the logistics of is it technically possible? Yes, I know that maybe that's not your preferred method of formatting, but is it technically possible? And if it is, that's what I would like to do. Mm -hmm. we, we, um, we, we were able to come to an agreement that we can do live sessions. So I'm, I'm so happy that I don't have to go back to presenters and say, by the way, you know, right. you're not going to live. Um, and that, you know, I feel, I feel good about it. I think, you know, I think we want, I think I know my group and I think they would want something authentic and live like that. So, um, I'm just so excited that I pushed the issue and I didn't just kind of say, yeah, all right, whatever. It's my fault. I didn't ask you. Right. So you had two things you pushed on and one you won. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that's good. 50, 50, you know? Although, you know, and I'm actually doing a virtual conference this week that has kind of that model. And I am a little torn about it. Like, because a part of me likes that, and this is going to sound terrible, but I'm sure people will understand what I'm saying is like, you know, when you get in a session and you're like, mm, this isn't 100% for me, like I thought it was, in that pre recorded video situation, I can fast forward and I can be like, mm -hmm. I want this part, I want this part. And then we all join later for the Q&A. And that's when I can like either ask questions or just listen to questions other people have. So that is one aspect that I do like of it. But at the end, when you only leave 15 minutes for questions, it's like you don't really get that same connection with the participants and the presenter. So it definitely has like pros and cons. It's not all good or all bad. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how I, I haven't had an opportunity to experience that yet, but I, um, I don't know if I would like it. I don't know if as a presenter, I would like it. I don't think I would want to just only be joining in for the questions. Cause like you said, I think people, 
people vibe off of you, the way you present and the way you talk and how passionate you are about the topic. And like, you, it, it's, it's an engagement factor. I mean, what if someone is, is, is not the same in a recording as they are in a live session? And I know like some of the pros is, oh, you can practice and you know, it won't be any surprises the day of, but like, to me, I don't know. I like the, the live um, element of it. Right. Yeah. That's true. And I mean, maybe in the future conferences, we'll ask people what they want. You know, if you know that everybody who attends Vail is like really interested in the live, then you'll, you know, you'll know that if you were able to survey them and things like that. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, you know, it's an, it's an evolving thing, you know, planning a virtual conference. It's, I feel like every week it's a new, uh, it's a new thing I'm learning about virtual conferencing. <laughs> right. It's a new thing about virtual everything at this point. Oh, I know. I know. So that wraps up another episode of the librarian's guide to teaching. Uh, here's where you can find us. You can find the podcast at librarian underscore guide. You can find Jessica at library geek 611. You can find me, Amanda at history buff 820. And you can always email us at infolitteachingpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We would love to hear from you in the reviews as well.